I'll tell you something I love about being in France, in addition to some seriously delicious butter, and that is the wide selection of wines I can find in France for low prices. It can be much more difficult to source those same bottles back in the States, and that's why I love to buy wines out of France with Ideal Wine. I have bottles shipped to me, hassle-free. It's easy. Ideal Wine has a new auction every week and is a great source for iconic names like Ouette, Louis Roeder, and Domaine Lefleve, as well as rising stars like Arnaud Lachaud, Gonon, and Tissot. Find the wines you'd rather be drinking at idealwine.com. That's I-D-E-A-L-W-I-N-E.com and have the wine shipped to you in the States. Use the promo code FIRST, F-I-R-S-T, for $15 off your first order of $150 or more. Hey, that's $15 you could save, and that is some good butter money. See for yourself at Ideal Wine. I'll drink to that, where we get behind the scenes of the beverage business. I'm Levy Dalton. I'm Erin Scala. And here's our show today. Marcus Savage on the show today. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Nice Funny. to see you. It's good to see you, too. It's good to be here. So you do a number of things, but you got started in Denver, Colorado at a wine bar. Yes, sir. That is correct. And how did that go down? It went down. I uh, After graduate school, I got MBA, which is difficult to believe for a lot of people, but I got an MBA. and um, You think it's difficult because of how you look now? Yes, exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. With the tats Maybe, and yeah, the exactly, grateful dish. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I went to work. Uh, my father was an entrepreneurial sort of guy and was in a lot of different things. And I, I went to work for him, which was an utter disaster. And, uh, did you ask him about which tattoos you should get? <laughs> yeah, he was really, actually, he never minded the tattoos. He didn't like the earrings originally when I was 18 was the ones that bothered him. So, um, but this is that, that was probably the eighties and then by the nineties. This, yeah, this was the nineties. Yeah. I did. I get my first tattoo when I was 21 before these things were cool actually. So, or supposedly cool, I guess. Back um, when it used to just be Navy guys. Yeah, exactly. Navy and I had like a fraternity and my name on the back, you know, on skull and crossbones. So. <laughs> I mean, the born to lose thing is really it's out of fashion about, now. That's about as bad but as that's, mine was. That's what I remember. Yeah. Like guys with yeah. born to like actual born to lose tattoos. Without a doubt. Yeah. You never see I, that now. No, I'm not that bad. Yeah. I really want to run into like a, hot asian chick that's like 25 with like a born, born to lose, to lose yeah. as opposed to a that's fucking a- rose you know how many times i see like flowers <laughs> yes, and stuff and i don't have any flowers i think that I, would be i have a lot of all right and i don't have a lot of skulls i've got three skulls but uh <laughs> hey man yeah <laughs> you know better than just one <laughs> never have too 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 many skulls were you a he-man uh, guy is that where that's coming a from? what a he-man you no show uh, you know ha- 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 metal yeah, metal. Uh, I okay. love heavy metal music. And yeah. I, you know, I always have. So, and you still, yeah. you're into that scene oh, very, still. very much so. Like yeah. you hang with guys and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, on. I've been, yeah, fortunate enough. Uh, actually, tonight I'm going to dinner, but not name dropping with Maynard from Tool. Just because, You are name dropping. Yeah, I am fine. name dropping. But <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> when a guy says he's not going to do something and then he does it. It's awesome. I, I'm not, you know, it's more, uh, I, I don't know him through the metal scene. I know him through the wine scene because we represent his wines uh, in all our markets. And, uh, which are a sidebar story. I mean, he's he's the man with it. He's he makes he's make he makes great wines and he makes them himself. He does the whole thing. So, which is quite cool, you know, compared to some of these other, 
you know, that are just like, you know, slap their name. Yeah, their names on the the, on the. You're saying Nicki Minaj doesn't make that wine? (laughs) Is that what you're trying to tell me? I couldn't. I'm not gonna say no. I don't know. She's not there, like squeezing (laughs) citrus fruit into the moscato. We did. We we did. uh, And it was actually was pretty decent. But we did Motorhead Shiraz for a while, and. uh, and uh, I did get to go backstage at a at a concert in Milwaukee and meet Lemmy and everything. I mean, he just I, he like I don't think he even really knew that they had this product out in the market. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Was he was like, "Who are you?" He was kind of like, "What is this?" <laughs> you know, a Motorhead show. I think it's hard to tell the crowd from the roadies yes, from is. the performers. It is without a doubt. It's you all, know what it's I mean? It's all blended together. It's like you know the on the other <clears throat> side of the world, tennis matches are like that. Yeah. Because yeah. the spectators dress like the players. Exactly. Yeah. Like, how many yeah. people need to wear yeah. white shorts at this thing? Unless you're Prince, then you know, you know what like, I mean. Oh, right. right. Then you do, you do your own. Thing. Whatever he yeah. was just doing at the French Open, and we saw it with a cane and a scepter. Like, okay. Um, so yeah, I after I think I lasted maybe three months with working for my father, and then uh, I how did just, that go down in the end? Was uh, there yelling, no, he screaming? was. Yeah, he was okay. I think he yeah. he knew that you know. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things. He, I was basically was following him around, you know, and he'd be like, "Give me a cup of coffee." <laughs> oh, that's awesome! <laughs> it's like you know, I'm like I just got out of grad school. Was your paycheck something. labeled allowance? Basically, yeah. Just, <laughs> like, I'm still 18 and living in a home. He's like, know? "It's a car wash." Like, yeah, exactly. Nothing changed. Can you pick me up at the airport? <laughs> so, and so, uh, I you know, I just was sort of getting into wine at that time. I wasn't, you know. I did not know nothing, but I didn't know, you know what I know now, obviously. And why were you getting into wine? I mean, was your dad into wine? No my, no, my family did not drink wine at all. I mean, occasionally maybe a, a Blue Nun or a Black Tower. And I can remember Lancer's Rosé at times, but and I remember stealing it as a kid, you know, if I could. <laughs> and uh, no, I just, uh, I was, I, you know, I was a big, I was, I, I was a big partier. That's basically what it was. I, you know, and I, and I just got tired. Well, growing up in rural Kansas, that you start drinking at an early age. That's what you do. There's nothing else to do. So I, uh, but I just eventually just got tired of beer and then tried to do the the mixed drink thing. I just, you know, got kind of tired of that. I was never, I don't like, I never was a shot guy. So I didn't do that. I just thought, well, let's try this wine thing out. And uh, I started drinking uh, white Zimmendel is where I started. Um, so that's why I mean I never anybody likes that wants it now I'm like you know it started me on my on my path so and a friend of mine had just got his art history degree um, from the University of Denver the same school that I was at a lot of money in that yeah tons he was like looking around like oh, what the hell am I gonna do <laughs> so yeah, so it just at the same time it's like we just started talking like hey why don't we try to start a wine bar here in Denver. And how many wine bars were there? Uh, zero. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, this was 19. We opened in November of 95. And we were in a area that they call Lodo, which is lower downtown. It's where Coors Field is now. And they were just beginning to build Coors Field. Um, Morton's of Chicago had just opened up next door to us. But otherwise, it was still kind of skid rowish a little bit. Um, wine Coop Brewery, which is a, a guest still owned by Hinkenlooper, who's the governor of Colorado now. And we decided, well, let's do this and roll the dice and uh, and went for it. And we were, you know, crazy or naive enough to do 60 wines by the glass and do do stuff that nobody would really ever considered pouring, especially in Denver, Colorado. I mean, we did Silver Oak. We did Dom. We did. By the glass. By the glass. By the glass. By the glass. Yeah. By the glass. Which was probably a big deal. It was a huge deal. I think when we opened, I can't remember which vintage it was of Lafitte we did. Uh, I remember 1990, uh, La Cossack, uh, 
uh, Carpazzo, La Casa Brunello, we did, <laughs> you know, people when we were doing it were like, you guys are out of your minds. And then it went great guns. But we, I don't remember exactly what pricing strategy we used, but it wasn't the nowadays of like, you know, one glass for the bottle cost. We, we, it was reasonable. And we had, you know, we had like a, I think we had three reds, three whites each that we were like, in those years, I think we were three, I can't remember, three or $4 a glass. Oh, okay. So we had did that too as well. So we were kind of the whole spectrum. And it was like, yeah, we had like 60, 60 wines. And then we had a Cruvenet system and did that whole route too. And then it was back when the cigar smoking was popular and allowed. So we had a separate. Remember that? Related. Yeah, I do actually wish it was still around. Man, yeah. that was such yeah. a thing. I knew we were in trouble when New York City banned smoking. It's like, shit, the whole world's in trouble now. <laughs> New York City's banned it. So, uh. Yeah, we had a separate room, and so it was, and you know, a bunch of you know, uh, Armagnacs, cognacs, that sort of thing too. So, yeah, that's how that started. And how long was that? Uh, we lasted about. It was. It was. It was never what we even imagined it to be. It got to the point where we had a a bouncer, and we were checking IDs, and you know, we just thought we were opening. A your friends were coming by, <laughs> yeah, and you're friends, like, yeah. tell some of these guys from the Motorhead show to come by. Yeah. <laughs> No, it was just, I don't, it just, it just took off and then we had, you know, kids trying to get in and people, you know, stealing the dummy bottles, carrying the dummies, trying to carry the dummy bottles out the door. You know, it's like, there's people nothing. tried to steal a it's dummy like, yeah, bottles. Like, there's nothing in those guys. I mean, you think there's a six liter of Oob Clicquot sitting right there for just for the hell of it, you know, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, have it. And so I think we both burn out probably, I think it was a year and a half. And then we had a guy that wanted to buy it and we sold it. And then that's how I moved on to a uh, distribution. And you started distribution in Colorado. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where we started with classic wines. Yeah. So I knew uh, our partner there is a guy called Scott High, and he worked for what was then Midwest Beverage, which is a larger distributorship. And then Colorado in those years, there wasn't really anything that small. There was a company called Grand Vin that was probably doing, I don't know, 17 or 18 million in sales, but that was it. So we, he had this, he it was actually his idea. He's like, do you want to, would you be interested in, and looking in and doing this, I'm like, yeah, I don't really know much about it, but yeah, let's, let's give it a shot and, and see what happens. And we started, you know, we were small. I always joke. We basically, I felt like, you know, as a member of the communist party, I had a leaflet. It was basically all we had would take out. You know, we had like, I remember I had like Kermit Lynch and Quivera from California. That was really about it in the old days. So that's a pretty big book. That's now. where we started. Yeah. It's a big book now. It's, it's gone in, you know, it's a, I think this year we're projecting we'll do 32 million in sales. So yeah, it's gotten, yeah, far more. And pretty diverse and, and very diverse. Yeah, got a lot of American, got a lot of Italian. Very diverse. Yeah, you know. and spirits. We've you know we've, we're into the spirits thing now. We've kind of everybody's into the spirits. I know thing. we kind of resist. Like you, I you can't can't ignore. No, you can't. I thought, and I thought it was one of those things. I thought this is a total fad and it'll just go away. And I now I'm completely thinking the other way. And I think you know we've 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 we've, we've missed some spirits books because we had our eyes closed. So yeah. and there's nothing wrong with spirits. I, I'm not bashing spirits at all, but. Was just, it like The Godfather where they're talking about the drug business? Yes, that's exactly it. The guy keeps you. No, <laughs> you can't do that. No drug. Yeah, no spirits. <laughs> you can you can break the law anywhere else you want, but yeah, yeah that's exactly it. So, because um, now it's just, I mean, it's like. Oh, you got to. But, you know, we were trying to, we, I remember like talking when we, this subject come up, it's like, oh, and then again, I have a, you know, just different buyer. We got to have the rep see a different buyer on a different day and, you know. Blah, 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 blah. And I think, you know, we just basically tried to convince ourselves that this wasn't the thing to do. And 
I mean, we always had like the occasional, like, you know, Droves Armagnacs, things sure. like that, you know, but they were, you know, I mean, we weren't selling. But it's probably a generational them. thing, too. You probably looked at it like we tried to get away from booze. Yeah, exactly. Not closer it, it, to ex- booze. Exactly. We exactly. tried to not be a liquor company. We that, tried to be a wine that's, company. That's exactly, that's exactly right. And then when and the artisanal spirits came up, you were yeah. kind of like. Like, uh, you know, or yeah. this, this stigma of, okay, now we're a liquor company, you know, you know, we're a liquor company that, that has wine, you know, and. uh yeah, I think that was part of the stigma, but now we've embraced it. And money's nice. Money's nice. <laughs> Buys nice <laughs> things. You, you got to fill the trucks with something, you know. <laughs> so, but the market yeah, has—I mean, the, there's more interesting spirits now. Oh, by far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, we don't, you know, like High West and stuff like that. We represent in some markets. I mean, we don't do any. Yeah, nothing. Not, we're not Brown Foreman or anything like that. So, well, you know, yeah, give it a couple. Of years. Yeah. <laughs> not that I'd, we'd say no, but yeah. <laughs> um, so. So then what was the next move? You started up a distributorship in Colorado and that was like, right. I actually, it was, was not technically, I guess like, I don't know what the statute of limitations is on this one, but it was not technically legal at the first because I had a, I had a on-premise license still with the bar cause it had not officially sold when we opened classic. So I was on two license. And so I think that was 90, like end of 96 when we opened classic and then uh, my wife is from here and we moved here in 90. She wanted to move back to Chicago and I was kind of like, I think the sayings go West young man, not go East, but I could be wrong. And now I love Chicago. Don't be wrong. But, uh, we moved here in 99 and again, sort of, you know, naively, a little naive and a little wet behind the ears, maybe thinking, well, I don't really want to work for somebody. So what are we going to do? Let's try to do the same thing here. And Everywhere I turned, everybody's like, you're crazy. You'll never get in here. I'll never get in here. And uh, it did. It took a good year and a half. And then uh, when Southern came in and bought all of the Turlato stuff, it was kind of had enough connections with uh, guys that were at Classic. They were like, you know, hey, you guys got to do something now. We want, you know, we're not going to be with Southern. We want get, to get out of there. So. so you're saying that guys that you worked with in Colorado, like suppliers, yeah, didn't yeah. want to work with Southern. No. And, and we're like. And they saw their portfolio going that way, and they, they were like, they wanted an alternative. Yeah. And they knew, I mean, most of them knew that I was here trying to get that done. But, you know, they just never, none of them were, like, committed yet to just, let's let's jump ship and go and see, you know, because Classic was doing great for them, but hell, they didn't know. I mean, I don't right. them, they didn't know, if, you know, Mavericks. sales here. are yeah. sales. <laughs> sales are sales, you know. Yeah. But then when that happened, it was like, okay, now let's go. So, so all of a sudden you had a portfolio. Right, exactly, yeah. Something at least, you know, scalable where we could. What was you know, some what, of the early? It wasn't huge. Uh, you know, the first one over is a, a good friend of mine and is Eric Solomon. He was the first one, and he kind of actually was the one that spearheaded this whole thing. Like, okay, you guys got to go. And he was with Direct Imports. And now who our partner at Maverick is Scott Larson. He was at, at Direct Imports and was the manager of the European seller's portfolio there. So he kind of put us together and said, hey, guys. Because well, you guys need to have lunch and sit down, yeah. So probably was helpful to you to have a local guy on the ground, but by far, especially yeah. when you're in a couple states, by far. And I, you know, I mean, I didn't know, you know, I knew by that time I knew the restaurants and stuff, and I knew some of the buyers, but not, you know, not. You didn't have the local, no, not at all, not at all, yeah, and, not at all. But you're also, as you said, the kind of guy that maybe doesn't like to work for other people. No, I'm not a, you know, I admit this, I'm not a very good detail guy at all either. I mean, you know, if you left me to run the ship, it'd be going down and probably, you know, in a New York minute. So, um, yeah, so that's, you know, that's one of my philosophies is if you know, hire people, people that are smarter than you and put them around you, you know, so. So you start up Maverick and you still have Eric Solomon in that portfolio yep, today. We do. Yes, we do. Yep. Who are some of the other people you represent in, in Illinois? Bigger. I mean, there's Schaefer. That's another one that we know that we have. Um, Plump Jack, 
Uh, we have Dresner, which I, I love that book too. We have Dresner selections. That's um, a pretty big portfolio. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's, I mean, of you know, it's, it's, and I mean, those are kind of wines that we all love really. And we like to sell. I mean, we obviously have other, you know, you can't just make your living off that. We always have a joke. It takes, you know, it takes the same amount of cost to deliver one case as it does 10. So you might as well deliver, you know, try to deliver 10 as well. So, um, Rudy Weiss for German selection. So, you know, all the way down, I mean, like literai, you know, Ted, who makes our burnt cottage wines, you know, who's, you know, I mean, obviously is the man I think in my eyes. And so, yeah, things like that. But some pretty strong yeah. personalities. Yeah. I mean, yep. you got along with Eric, you got yep. along with Joe Dresner. Yep. I love Joe. Yeah. So how did those Eric, yeah. relationships but, meet? I mean, what, what was the, you know, I, it, I don't even know how, I don't, that's a good question on both those. I don't remember, I think with Eric Solomon, I knew uh, Steve Miles, who used to be his national sales manager and uh, lived in Denver and still does live in Denver. I think he introduced us and we just sort of hit it off. And I went over to uh, Spain as just as, as a wine fan and visited Chloe Rasmus with him and Daphne and um, just hung out with him in the Prairot. And I think it just sort of snowballed from there. And with, yeah, with Dresner, boy, that's a good question. I, I don't I don't even remember how that came about. I think it came through. Oh yeah, you know what I do is it came through Scott Larson because I think he had them at direct here, and I remember Joe coming in town. And it was one of those like you know, and I, you know, I said Joe seemed to do sometimes. It could be like you know, I remember leaving that dinner going like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that turned into like, oh, I love this guy. You know, so uh, uh, that's how that happened. Yeah, he was one of the first. I forgot it. he was one of the first portfolios we had here too as well. So. And then it just sort of, you know, with Joe, it just kind of went into just, you know, he, he kept, I remember when he asked me for an introduction with classic, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'll do it, but I don't think it's their sort of book that they're going to take, you know? And I said, so I can't promise you anything. And lo and behold, they took it. So, you know, they, so, and I, I told him what I thought that they should do, you know, but you know, I can't. <laughs> I don't, don't, well, well, I don't, don't, they should say no. They shouldn't say no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They should say no. Don't take it. Yeah. yeah, they shouldn't say no. And because uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, it is. A, there's a lot of new world in that book. Yeah, there is a lot. Of, yeah, there's a lot of new world. And they, you know, I think they sell that. And I think that's why they somewhat they took it. You know, and I mean, it kind of fell apart. There was. A, it's a funny. It's it is a funny Joe story. Joe went and and visited the market and did it work with. And how was that? <laughs> There was an interesting story that he, uh, he, uh, and a guy actually, Eric Lambertus, who's a rep, used to be a rep for us, and he actually worked for me at Enoteca. He, I, have, I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but it was a French like bistro in, in Boulder, and the guy, you know, the chef owner was French. And uh, Eric got a call, so I got to take this call. I'm sorry, I stepped out for a minute. Comes back in, and Joe and this guy are like he said, like nose to nose in full French, just like you know, both of them frothing at the mouth, like arguing with each other. And I guess the gist of it is what Joe told him: his wine list sucked, and he his, his Frenchman, he should be ashamed of this. <laughs> so, and, and that's what Eric said. You know, the guy's actually Joe was completely right, but you know, it's probably not a good way to get your wines on the list, though. So, <laughs> easy so, to be remembered that way. Yeah, yeah, it is easy to be remembered. So, and then, but you know, then when Classic had sort of slipped there with sales, and I, God bless, you know, Joe, I he he called me. He's like, you know, I, I this is what's going on. You know, if 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 it upsets you, it bothers you that you want me to stay and stick this out. I'm like, I, absolutely not. You know, you got to do what you got to do, and you know, and so yeah, yeah, I miss that guy actually. 
what was it like repping the Dresden portfolio in the Colorado or in the Chicago market? It's be, you know, it's it's good here. I mean, those wines are you know, there's enough. There's a you know, it's it's gotten progressively better. I and mean, there's just enough fans of those wines. I mean, some you know are like you know the cult wines. I mean, like Rougiard. I mean, if we could get we could sell ten times more Rougiard than we get you know than the, than the I think we get three cases or something like that. I mean, it's so bad. I have to go. I, I, I'm like, I, I want to buy some Rougiard. I go and I buy it back. I, th- I don't know if you, I think you are interviewing or did Craig Perman. I go and buy it back from Craig. <laughs> he buys it and I buy it back from him at retail even to get it. So it's like, yeah, I can't, I can't get any. <laughs> I hope you're not paying too much on the VIG. <laughs> no, 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 and then the then the other damn thing is, and I'll go in like I was, I was thinking it was like six months ago. I'm at Tin Bells in New York, and I'm like, they got magnums of it. I'm yeah, like, yeah. God, what the hell, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I take a mag. <laughs> you enter into the Chicago market, yep. kind of in the slipstream of Southern moving yep. into the market. Yep. How have you seen Chicago change since the time you've been here? And there, well, there's been more smaller distributorships pop up too, right? You know, after that. I think it kind of that you know again. I'm not saying I'm not saying I or Maverick paved the way, but I think it the whole Southern thing and Maverick opened, and then you know there was all of a sudden there was more options. You know, you had you know uh, Cream, HGO Vino, you know, you had all these things that, that all these other companies that are more versed like we are in open up, and I think the market's been more receptive to nowadays to that. I. You know, it used to be like if, well, and it still is at some point, you know, as you know, I mean, accounts are going to say, well, I'm not going to deal with 20 distributors. I'm not going to deal with, you know, four or five or whatever. Five, it is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And in the old days, that was more difficult. Now, Maverick, the way it is now, I mean, we're usually one of those, you know, four or five, which is good. So it's, you know, easier to get your foot in the door. And, but I mean, again, there's a, you know, there's a lot more competition than there was in those years, you know, with Winebow here and, you know, now it will be interesting to see with Winebow and the country vintner thing with what goes on there. We've already, we've lost, we've only lost one thing so far, but so, you know, who knows, you know, what happens there. And because <clears throat> just like things might leave a portfolio to go to you, they might leave your portfolio. W- without a doubt. And then, you know, what we lost was uh, Felton Road and we had, we were doing Felton Road direct just because of my connections in central Otago and being Because you like those wines. Yeah, I love the wines. And you've and been I'm, I'm friends with them. And I mean, their vineyard, the vineyard's like a, you know, two miles down the road from us and, and you know, I actually Blair, the the winemaker, emailed me. He's like, I, you know, we don't don't have a choice. I'm like, oh yeah, no, I completely understand. So. And the reason they wouldn't have a choice is because they work with that company. In other they're markets. going, yeah, they're going with. They had gone with the Craft in the States, which is the import side of Country Vintner. They had gone with them for all their markets, and I think and and that transpired because they were at Martin Scott, and then when Country Vintner bought Martin Scott, and then that's how then so he's. Trans, then that all transcended, and then then with the Winebow Country Vintner merger, I think yeah, that's wherever the Country Vintner is that, that they're going to be with. So, but you also have distributors in other markets too. You're yes, then we so then we went. Uh, yeah, next was uh, Van Sauvage in Las Vegas, and that was solely because my dad had moved basically based all his operations. I think he moved out there in '89 to Vegas. I mean, for a lot of things, for weather, tax reasons, he was a big blackjack player so i think that would make sense for him too so uh we just decided gotta go to the source gonna go to the source exactly right and actually it, it kind of weaned him off of it but eventually yeah we just decided well again you know with the competition thing out there it's basically southern and and you know rocky Wurtz company so we were basically like, well let's you know let's give this a shot and in the meantime, then Ken Fredrickson did NWA out there, and then they worst bought them. So I was like, well, this is we, we should go try to do this, and so that's how that transpired. And it's 
it's still going, you know, we, we were just hitting the stride in 2000, then 2007 happened and it just, the whole, that, that whole town just Vegas sort of, collapsed. Yeah, just collapsed. Not you. No, but Vegas just like, collapsed though. It was like, and now it's back. It is back now, but yeah, for a while there was kind of like, oh, this is not, you know, this is not like half finished oh, hotels. Yeah, this is like not going to work, you know, yeah, this yeah. is like over, you know, the party's over and, but it, it's, it's bounced back. So, so we did that and then we went, guess it's been uh, 2000. 2010 or 11 when we opened uh pioneer wine company in texas and that was greg kasnoff who's our partner there was my college roommate so and he worked for uh he was investment banker lastly with lehman but and he left before the implosion but he was just wanted he was just sick of the game and wanted had done very well for himself but wanted to career change and uh and he honestly didn't know a lot about wine. He's come a long way and, uh, you know, knows a lot about business, but yeah, so we've started there and, uh, you know, it's, it's really taken off and covering the state now. And, but it's interesting because you haven't tried to do the same portfolio in every state. No, we have not. We've never, we've never stipulated to like, okay, to like, just, I mean, to use Shaver, for example, I've never said, Doug, okay, Hey, you've got to go with us in all these markets or none. And, you know, and somebody like Schaefer, though, he is with us and everywhere but Texas. And, you know, and he, because they, with Republic there, they knock it out of the park for him. So there's, there'd be no reason for him to move. But it's something that's a lot, you know, it seems to happen that way with some of these guys that all of a sudden they're like, oh, okay, or can you give me an introduction to the other companies? Yeah. Our philosophy, and I don't know if it's correct or not, we, that's why they're all named differently, was like we wanted to keep these all not separate, but, you know, not necessarily tied together. And that's why we chose to name them differently, too. So. And it's probably true that different portfolios work in better in uh, different ways. Absolutely. I mean, it probably, like you said, to, to use a dresser example, I mean, it works great here. It didn't work so well in Colorado. And sometimes you've represented these, too. Yeah, yeah. We did, yeah. We did. We uh, did in Colorado. We do in Texas now. Exactly, yeah. It was just a, it was a falling out. You know, it had nothing to do with me. It was with, with Classic and the Teast book, you know, it's got, you know. One of those weird things they wanted to move the champagne and you know feelings got hurt and stuff so it's like Man, a, it's a whole thing. you do a lot more business without feelings yeah i know you, you would know without I mean? a doubt without a doubt you know i mean so yeah that uh, but yeah we have the whole we do have the whole book now at pioneer in texas so which is a great book how would you compare the different markets like in terms of who's the consumer in these different places and how do you serve them here there's more i think just because of the size of the market it's less parochial i think than like a than like a colorado market or a Texas market, those are still very mainstream, you know, sales are great, but the, you know, for instance, like the Dresner book doesn't work in, in Texas near as well as it does here. I mean, I hate to keep using that as an example, but that's to me like the one example of where I don't we, think you know, Joe would mind. No, I don't think he would. <laughs> He's probably up there you like, know, geez, yeah. <laughs> Whitefish salad, also <laughs> not big in, in Texas. That's right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly right. And you do, you have all those steakhouses. So, I mean, most of them you know, are going for that sort of wine list. And, uh, I mean, there's some great, you know, buyers, there's some great songs down there. There's some great MS kids down there, but it's just, just more of that sort of market in Colorado to some extent is that way. And then Vegas, I mean, there's still a market, you know, you just get, you, know, you can go anywhere from the craziness of like, you know, whatever, you know, I've, I'm used to be, you know, not so much now be like, they didn't ask you what it costs and just be like, yeah, send it. And, you know, and it was almost like it, the the more expensive, the better, you know, it was like, you know, don't want anything inexpensive. Did you ever pencil out the old number and put in a new number? Before yeah, exactly. It, right? It's like, what, how much, are we, what are you willing to pay? Oh, do, you, do you just said send it? Okay, hold on. Yeah, exactly. I got to make an adjustment yeah, yeah. on the invoice. Exactly. Exactly right. I wasn't that smart. <laughs> 
But I mean, a lot of times people talk about Vegas like it's dominated by one company or at most two companies. Mm-hmm. But it seems like you actually have a pretty big portfolio. Yeah, we do. We have a big portfolio. I mean, we're kind of there is the, there's the franchise law there. So if you're over two thousand cases, they you, you've either got to trade something out with somebody or they've got to you know let you go. Which you know you can imagine how much how many times that happens. I mean, so spell that out for me. What does that mean, the franchise law? You have to. So if you are selling over two thousand cases within the state of Nevada, you're lassoed to that distributor. So even with Ben Savage, I mean, if we're over 2,000 cases, like you, which we are like European sellers, I mean, he, I, I mean, I think Eric's happy there, but he's, you know, we don't have to let him go if he wanted to go. Yeah, yeah. You're just, you know, you're stuck. And so that kind of, you know, it, you know, you can't, you can't grow. I mean, you can't, you can grow, but you're growing, you know, with, with smaller brands, less than 2,000 cases. I got so, it. So, you know, which is, yeah, kind of a, yeah, I don't foresee it changing other, you know, but the other states obviously have franchise laws. You know, some do, some don't. But yeah, it's it's definitely a hindrance business wise there. Because I know there are brands that are over two thousand cases that would love to leave some other companies, but can't. And then you also got into the producer side. I did. We did get in the producer side, yes. <laughs> and so you we, you ended up in New Zealand. How did this, that happen? Uh I went down, uh another friend of mine, John Larche, who's an Australian importer introduced me to Gary Farr, who in those years was at Bannockburn, who's a great guy, another great winemaker. And he was starting his own stuff and he was looking for a partner, you know, for capitalization. So I was like, I'll go down. I grew up part, my dad had cotton farms in Australia. So I grew up part of my life in Australia. So it's always been sort of a second home for me. I'm like, yeah, sounds great. I'll go have a look. And then on the way down, uh, I just, I had never been to New Zealand. So I stopped in New Zealand and did all the wine regions, but Hawks Bay, nothing against Hawks Bay, but I was more looking for the, the Pinot thing, you know, and, and went, actually went, started from Auckland, flew to Queenstown, the central Otago, went back up north. And it sounds a little odd, but I really felt something about central Otago. I'm like, I'm going to go back down there. So we went back, I was with my wife, so we went back down there. And just had a look and got more serious and see what was going on and uh, and kind of left and then went over and, and met with Gary and Geelong. And I mean, not that I, I don't want to fit anybody from Geelong that's listening to this, but I mean, Geelong compared to Central Tongo <laughs> scenery-wise, it was just like, oh, Central is just... And I, and the wines were just, I think they get better and better every vintage. And and the wines were coming along, guys like, I, you know, like Felton Road was the only wine I knew down there, but then... Guys like Gibson Valley when Grant Taylor was there and, you know, Sam Neal's there with uh, the actor with the two paddocks stuff that Dean Shaw makes. I mean, there's some spectacular wines that really none of this country knows about even really in the scheme of things. So I wound up, bought a sheep pasture and not, I don't mean a flat one. It's like 20, 25% slopes. It actually looks really beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like you're like, Whoa, that looks nice. Yeah. It's uh, like, I can, I can understand what you mean. Yeah. It's like seeing it and being like, yeah, that's where all the, you know, the Lord of Rings scenery was filmed. So it's, it's, that's yeah, it's that scenery. And and I'm, what's the Gandalf vineyard like to farm? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's difficult. (laughs) Sometimes it's white. Sometimes it's gray. That's exactly right. (laughs) No. So we did. And then, uh, yeah, we got, uh, you know, Ted and I have known each other, I think just by, I, Ted Lemon. Yeah. Ted Lemon. Yeah. I, I was, yeah, I was one of the first people on his mailing list. I think I don't even know how I heard about it. I just just was, and then we started representing him at Classic in the old days. And so I, I just like okay, I want to, I want to, I, I got to get Ted to to help out with this. And I so but it seems pretty ambitious from my viewpoint. I mean, obviously it, you had the relationship. Yeah, we had the relationship, but I mean, he was you know he'd say he wasn't sure that you know it took a good six months, and he was like, well, I don't know if I want to do this, and but you know. 
I don't, I mean, his kids were young. He didn't know if he wanted to hop on the plane and travel like that, which I understand. But doesn't he have some New Zealand connection of his own? Now, yeah, he and I didn't know any of that at all. Yeah, he, so he like so Grant. Speaking of Grant Taylor, who uh, Grant Taylor was with, you know, Archery when Ted, when Gary Anders set up Archery Summit, Ted and and Grant Taylor both helped. Um, so he Grant Taylor was, I think, in Napa for seventeen years before going back to New Zealand and uh, had spent time with Ted and Blair from Felton as well. So he knew all these guys. And then an, uh, an American kid called Doug Weiser, who was Ted's assistant, sent, uh, he sent, he, he, Ted told Doug he thought he should go to New Zealand and go try to, you know, do something down there, which he did. He went to, you know, Dry River at first, and then he wound up as the assistant at Craigie and then was, you know, tragically killed in a kite surfing accident. So, um, so yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of New Zealand connections. And I think that's kind of what put Ted over the edge in the end. So he called me one day and just said, you know, I, I think he got, I mean, I was hounding him. I think he got tired of me hounding him. He just said, uh, let's get on a plane and go have a look. So and he helped you lay out the venue. He did lay, he'd lay, yeah, we, we, he did it. We, uh, so we went down and took a look and, and he was like, he was like, wow. He's like, I've never seen anybody pick something like this with, you know, not knowing with that viticultural sort of background. And I, and and I hate to say it, I hadn't, I didn't know what the soil type was. So we got lucky there, but I, you know, really I just had known, been, you know, through enough great vineyards of the, of the world of what they look like to me. And that's, but there's also sort of a, skiing nearby. And yes, there is skiing, skiing nearby. Right? Yes. Yeah, like, <laughs> but you know what the crazy part of it is? I've never skied there yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and what, it was 2001 is when we bought the property. So what's that? I mean, 12, 13 years. Yeah. I mean, I've never skied there yet. And you know what? I never thought because the seasons are reversed, so I'm never down there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, where is the snow? Exactly. I came in that's, December. That's exactly again. Right. Exactly right. So I'm down there, you know, which is kind of nice though. When I Ted and I go down in January for the growing season, and then we're down there at harvest, you know. But this year, when it was 40 below in Chicago, I was down there, and you know, calling home. My wife's like, "It's 40 below." I'm like, "You are so full of crap." 40 below. <laughs> and I realized it really was. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, yeah, it's about 85 Fahrenheit here. <laughs> so polar yeah, vortex exactly. never heard never of it what's that yeah so yeah so ted and laid out the vineyard we brought two guys actually from napa down there to that laid it all out and ted and i it's 25 acres uh, mostly pinot a little riesling and a little bit of gruner veltliner what's up with the gruner thing uh, we just harvested this i just love gruner and i would just I, I think we got enough to make like 150 cases tops but I mean, we how just, much gruners in New Zealand? Uh, you know what? There, there was more and more. You know, there wasn't much when we planted, but uh, you know, it was kind of Ted said that too. He's like, you know, he'd done some work in Austria and seen him, you know, riesling and gruner ripen side by side. So, and the riesling was ripening and doing well in Central. Sure. So I well, let's give I've it a shot. I've definitely had good riesling. Yeah. So let's yeah. So so she said, let's give it a shot and see what happens. And uh, so Ted and I, yeah, we did like seventy soil pits, and you know, it was mundane you know ted down on the chipping away and i was writing down his notes and you know what he's saying and uh laid out the via yeah, laid out the vineyard and it's and ted asked me one day he's like would you do it biodynamically i'm like sure so we've you know, been by it we've been bd since day one too as well because that also seems rare for new zealand it you know what it it's it was in those years but it's it's yeah we got called a lot of like goofy you know names like the witch doctor thing and what are these you know yankee wankers doing once i heard you know and now there's, you know, it seems to be You're like, I'm from Kansas, yeah, motherfucker. I'm, I'm from a farm. You know? like, no, like, you know? I am not a Yankee. No, it's yeah, not. Yeah. Like, no, it's like, you know, it's like a Yankee <laughs> yeah. wanker. I'm like, I, I, don't, I think I've just offended, but I'm not for sure. <laughs> 
So uh, I go to Rockies games. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So that's that's how that all started, and we did our first vintage, not, did our first commercial vintage '09. We made a little line in '08, but didn't release it. So um, oh, so, '09. I mean, yeah, so nine was you first bought one. it in '01, and then seven Start, years. Well, we started planting years. in '03, so those were boom times in New Zealand. And it was very difficult to even get the grapevines. And so what we were getting wasn't exactly up to par. We had a lot of problems with take and, you know, and being BD is that that's the one detriment that I do see to BD is like, as it takes them a lot longer to get up to stake, as they say. I see. Yeah. Then, you know, I mean, we had people tell us, well, why don't you just start chemically doing right. it and then wean yeah. it? And I was like, well, that doesn't make much sense. Then you could have made it yeah. 2001 and a half. That's exactly right. But it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like, to me, it was like, okay, he gets like, gives you somebody heroin for a while. And then right, like, yeah, right. now it's done. You know, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> now you're on your own. So enjoy. But, um, yeah, so. That's it. And then we, uh, I guess that's why I've never had the wines. Yeah. No, like, there's, cause there just haven't been that many. I, there haven't been that many. I should brush a bottle. Uh, hint, hint. Yeah. <laughs> Still waiting. <laughs> I've yet to ever yeah. try any. <laughs> Feeling yeah. kind of thirsty. <laughs> and I don't have one. <laughs> um, yeah, we just released 2012. So yeah, but it hasn't been, you know, it's been, We've, I mean, Australia and New Zealand are huge markets for us. The UK and Denmark, believe it or not, is one that kind of came out of the blue with me with a surprise. So, but the United States isn't uh, so big on New Zealand right not, now. Or? Not so much. Not as much. No, no, honestly. I mean, I, I don't really know why. I think sort of that, uh, you know, that Marlboro Sauvignon Blanc is. I don't want to say tarnished the the image, but it's it's like New Zealand wine seems to me that most people perceive that it should be inexpensive. I see. And then when it's not inexpensive, it's like, well, why is that? I mean, so it's kind of like Chinese food in New York. Exactly. Exactly. So why is it expensive? Because it's good. (laughs) So it's, uh, uh, you know, I mean, burn cottage is, you know, 60 bucks on a retail shelf and, you know, but I mean, we're mere yields. I mean, I, we had our biggest yields this year at two and a quarter tons an acre. You know, most of our yields have been a ton and a half and, you know, and everything biodynamic and everything done, you know, natural in the winery. It's not a, cheap undertaking to make so and ted's still yeah. the head wine is still the head micer yeah because i'm not aware of a ted lemon wine that sells for less than 60 no i you can't do it you know i mean we gotta we you know we gotta pay him obviously too and we gotta pay you know for us for us to go down there you know i mean that's yeah it's yeah it's a labor of ski love. passes ski not passes. yet not yet one day <laughs> <laughs> one day that's why you haven't been able to ted, ski yet. i don't think ted like, skis. Sell we're lucky <laughs> ted <No>. doesn't ski <laughs> But I mean, you're the only yeah. guy I know that has an estate in New Zealand and in Germany. Well, the Ger- and the German thing, you know, really came about with my brother. My brother lives in California, and he's actually friends uh, with Rudy Weiss. So, which is w- a portfolio you with represent. A, with exactly with, with German wines, and and so we had gotten when through uh, Kevin when he was with Terry that that Kohler Rupert may be something you know maybe changing Kev- there. Kevin Pike, yeah, Kevin Pike, yeah. He gave you a heads up, yes, that something may be changing there, and then Rudy said it too. And so we kind of, my brother got the wheels turning, I think, and just contacted Bern Felipe, who was, who was the owner of Kohler Ruprecht. And, and it was true. Yeah. He doesn't have any heirs, uh, you know, wanted to, he has a vineyard in Portugal and I think is more interested in that now and wanted to go that route and didn't, you know, we just wanted to, to sell the, sell the winery, which yeah, I don't think it's been out of the original families since 1680 or something. And he was there for like 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. And now some Yankee wankers on it, but <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we bought it because we wanted to really just preserve the style of the wine, as you know, and as some people do know, I mean, they're different, they're old school German wines. They're not the new squeaky clean school. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I love Dunhoff. I love Miller Couture. Don't get me wrong, but 
this is just a different style that isn't really done that much in Germany anymore, and we wanted to preserve that. So because it's native yeast, yeah. long leaves time yeah. in barrel, in barrel, and oak. Yes, yeah, there's some oak. There's some foodras in that place that were Burns grandfathers. So still, so yeah, it's a, yeah, it's it's an old school regime there, and it's in the falls. It's in the falls. Yeah, it's in a village called Kaldstad. In the vaults, which is just you know, looks like a uh, the the place itself looks like a Grimm's fairy tale. It's just yeah, you know, it's it's really you know with the vineyard you know in the, the before or after the children get eaten, uh, either or. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, then the then the uh, the vineyard just across the street from the from the winery, Salmagen, which is the main you know sort of the Salmagen is yeah, the big exactly, one, exactly right? the Grand the Cru, old yeah. one, yeah. There's like four or something. Yeah, there is four, but Salmagen is like the Grand Cru of, of the of the region basically it means sal stomach which they actually they have do this at the restaurants there they do a salmogen which is a stuffed pig stomach with i don't know what's all some sort of typical german some sort of sausage and meat in it and potatoes and it's delicious it's a yeah. dish as well yeah, it's a deli- yeah it's a dish, are you supposed yeah. to drink wines from there with that dish yeah exactly yeah. well that's kind of yeah, cool it's very cool like I, I've it's, never seen something like that. No, it's before, a great cool. Where it's, it's named the same it's, as it's, the wine, and it was, I guess it got the the vineyard supposedly got the name because of the in the old days they thought it it, it looks was shaped like a sow stomach. So I see that was what's happened. Yeah. So so yeah, we we finally you know were able to yeah it wasn't an easy deal between translation of every document you know and blah 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 blah. But we finally were able to uh, to get that going, and then you know Burns uh, I think Burns is about out. We he. We kept him around for, I think, four or five years. And then we actually have uh, Dominic Sona, who we've hired as there to run it day to day. He's been there a couple of years ago. He's a great kid who actually worked for Ted as well, too. So there's a Ted Lemon connection there as well. So, And what are the wines like? There's a lot of grape varieties. Yes, there are. Yeah. we. I mean, more Riesling. I mean, Riesling is obviously the focus. And, and you know, and the other thing I always forget to say, I mean, we're we're trying to do more dry Riesling, which they which Kohler always has. And that's what kind of my brother and I are into. Nothing against, you know, sweet Rieslings. But it also but, seems like a region where you could do that. Yeah, you can. Like I mean, the it's, ripeness. It's, yeah, it's, the war- it's not the Mosul. It's it's warmer than, you know, most. I think it's the warmest growing region in in. Uh, it it in seems Germany. like it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's not, you know. Especially since global warming. It they, seems exactly. Like it. And it's, so, I mean, so there's no there's no ripeness problem. Uh, you know, yeah, there's a little spate burgunder. Uh, then, you know, yeah, there's Pinot Blanc, there's Chardonnay, there's, yeah, all in just sort of small varieties but, but like know. yeah muscat conversion exactly soy reba yeah everything but, uh, but gruner everything you know? <laughs> everything but gruner knock on wood but like yeah like the pinot blanc has kind of become a cult wine here is that also. true yeah i don't bit, think yeah. i ever had it yeah it's, it's good hint hint hint, hint yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i should be writing this down <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i've never had room yet <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Because, yeah, you bring in some of those wines, too. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> get, you the, get you the book. <laughs> but you make, uh, the, you know, that wine. And what's the Samagan vineyard like as a vineyard, like to work? Uh, you know what? That's a good question. I'm, I can't be honest with you. I've, never worked, I've been in it, but I've never worked it. Because your brother kind of has yeah, he it handles, up. And then, yeah, he handles yeah. that mostly, yeah. I mean, I've. I've I've been over there I guess three times now, but I've never really you know done anything in the vineyard like I do in New Zealand. Well, it's also newer than the New Zealand. Yeah, thing. it is. Yeah, you purchased and tanned. Yeah, and purchased and and planted, and it was a little whole different ball game than what Kohler is. You know, with up and going with I think we're doing eight thousand cases of wine, which we haven't changed at Kohler. So that's really not much. No, but that's what it, you know we haven't experienced. But it's just, you know it's just such a huge Germany, is such a huge market for for I mean for Kohler. I mean that it's. I think back in the day when Terry was bringing in, he was bringing in like 200 cases or something like that, and mostly of help truck and stuff. So, 
Well, yeah, yeah. of course, of yeah. course it was. Exactly. <laughs> of course it wasn't fully dry. No, exactly. I mean? Exactly. But he but it's with Dresner now. Yep. It's and with Dresner now. Yep. You represent Dresner, yep. but also Josepha used to work for you. And Josepha, yeah, worked cool. for Maverick here for boy, quite a while. And then we yeah, when she moved on, she moved from moved over to Dresner from Maverick. Yep. Did she call you? A She's still there. On yeah. The way <laughs> she called me worse. <laughs> <laughs> she sent me a she ran into, she sent me, actually, it was, I think it was three weeks ago, uh, there's an Australian wine writer who's a friend of mine who's a, a great, crazy kid, Mike Benny's his name, and, and somehow he was, in, he was in San Francisco, and she ran into him somehow randomly in San Francisco, and my name came up, I guess, probably through the Chicago thing, and they sent me a, a picture of both of them flipping me off through the text. <laughs> it's good to have friends. Yeah. Make you feel warm inside. Exactly. So that's, that's, that Show they care me, about that you. That tells you what she thinks of me. Yes. <laughs> But I mean, it's interesting because in the same way that you have distributorships in different markets, you have two, what I think of as very different wines. Very much so. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're definitely, you know, one, you know, I mean, Kohler being that old school is, we always kind of joke is made in a more oxidative style of winemaking and where Ted, you know, is pretty reductive style of winemaking. So yeah, they're, they're completely opposite. It's going to be interesting to see what the, re- we picked our first Riesling in at Burn Cottage this year. So it'll be interesting to see what it is. Side I think that'd side. be really interesting. Yeah. It's going to be, yeah, you know it, I mean? it is going to be comparative. The fruit looked good and everything, you know, but we'll, you know, we'll see what Ted does. Well, Pinot Noir you could do too. Yeah. With the yeah, Pinot Noir, they, they are. Yeah, that is true. That is a good point. But I mean, um, is there ever a case where it's the same customer that you sell both of those wines to? Because it wouldn't seem like it would be. No, yeah, it can be. We don't make a point of it. Like you know, if I'm doing a, you know a, a market visit, like you know, I just was well with Polliner, I guess last month in New York, and then see there and when we were with different distributors, sometimes too, it's hard to do both. But yeah, I, I think we always basically talk about each property, but we're not necessarily. I don't know if I've ever had. I was trying to think about that. If we've ever had. If I've ever had both wines open at the same time in the market, I don't think I have. I mean, it's kind of known that we own both and we talk about both, but now it's you're kind of focused on one or the other because you're yeah you're exactly right. Somebody may want not want a New Zealand Pinot Noir that wants a German Riesling or vice versa. How many business cards do you have? Like, is there one for every company, or is <laughs> no. it like a flip it's over? Started, thing? It started out that way. And I, Does it I, say like Marcus no, German wine grower, and then you flip it, it over, it, and it's like New Zealand? No, it started out that way. And I was just, and now it's you know, you know I'm, I'm notorious. My wife's always joke is, you know, it's like you don't have a card. I'm like, no, I don't have one. I just totally, like, I don't, like, I don't have one today to give you. <laughs> just, you know, I totally just for space doing that. But I just use that. It just yeah, but you're the same card. guy who like didn't really have a headshot. No, and exactly. Like, <laughs> uh, let me see if my wife's got a picture that, of me yeah. somewhere. No, like, I'll send it to that you. Actually, my uh, son took that <laughs> the day you asked for it. So. I'll be honest. There's a certain kind of guy that sends you a headshot where he's wearing sunglasses. Yeah, that's, I didn't, I didn't even, it's not everybody I didn't even. That, I didn't even think know? about it, to tell you the truth. <laughs> like, I didn't think of that. I actually washed my, with the six feet of hair I have, I, I washed my hair that day. So I thought, well, oh, that's a good idea. This is a good thank idea. you. <laughs> We, from all of us yeah. who are looking at that, want to say thank you. Yeah, now everybody's going to see that shot and be like, you washed your hair that day? I just wonder, you know, what's going on with the eyes? Yeah. A bloodshot no. that morning? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it probably was a good chance of that. <laughs> like I told you, there are today, so. And what about, I mean, what do you like in terms of wine? It seems like so many different portfolios, so yeah. many different business interests. As far as a personal, what yeah, I like I mean, to drink. Who are you? What are you drinking these days? I mean, I'm a, you know, I sound snobby when you say this, but I'm, I definitely have more of an old world palette, you know, and 
I think that's with that's New Zealand's what attracted me a little bit to that. It definitely it's still New World. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's still the fruit there, but there's still this underlying you know mineral minerality and herbiness that's you know and, and acid and you know our alcohol levels are. I mean, next year the 2013 is going to be 12.8 natural alcohol, so which is kind of unheard of in, in New World Pinot Noirs. You know, Ted's gotten literally down to about those levels too, and it, you know we wonder if it's biodynamics, but. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I went through stages. I mean, I had the, probably like everybody else, I had the big, you know, that 98 vintage of all the Aussie Shirazes and stuff, man, I was into it, you know, and, and ready to go and loved it and bought a bunch of them. And yeah, just just progressively seemed to become more of a, you know, like I'm, I describe myself as a burgundy snob, tell you the truth. I mean, not necessarily drinking, you know, Rousseau and Rumier all the time, but, you know, even just even, you know, Cote de Chalonais and, and little things like that. I, you know, I just, I love Pinot. But From, it seems like at the same time, you understand that people go through a progression sometimes. Absolutely. And yeah, you understand I think that so. markets are different. Yeah. yeah. And I think everybody, I think, I don't know if you did, I think everybody goes through that progression. I, I mean, I don't know if I've ever ran into anybody. It's like, well, well, I guess maybe they grew up drinking wine. It depends wine if they family. grew up drinking wine with that's, the family. That's exactly I think right. that's, that's the whole. That is the whole deal. Yeah. So if you, yeah, if you grew up like, you know, drinking burgundy with dinner, yeah, I'm sure then you get it. But. Well, I don't know if you've heard yeah. the Peter Wasserman interview, but it's pretty no. sick. Is it? Yeah. yeah. But he grew up water. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, hanging out and it's <laughs> like jokes with Aubert at the table and <laughs> yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? As a kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just like, uh, you know, just like me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had that too, except his name was Aubert the Bales Monster. That's right. Exactly. That's, that was my family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, at least you knew somebody named Obert. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was but, actually Obert. Uh, yeah, it just, just you know. sounds better than Obert. <laughs> yeah, at least make it sound nicer for him. He actually, I met him last year. He was uh, in Central Otago. Yeah, he went and, into yeah. New Zealand. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he did that. And him and Ted are obviously know each other well. And he came by the vineyard. And yeah, really, yeah. Not, not, yeah, really nice, humble. Not, you know, when you're thinking DRC, it's not what I, you know. You don't think you know, I'd be thinking I'd be like I'm DRC, you know, and he wasn't like that at all. So yeah, he'd have like he'd like point to himself, yeah, exactly, like with the thumbs <laughs> yeah, yeah, backwards, exactly. Like, I thought he'd have a DRC. I'm the man. I thought he'd have. A, I'd have a, if I owned DRC, I'd have a big DRC tattoo on me somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you would. Yeah, yeah you would. <laughs> Three of them. Three of them. Exactly. One under each Latosh, skull. Yeah. Should, yeah. <laughs> Reeshborg. <laughs> but um, um, what are those scenes like? I mean, you know, we had Nick Mills on the show. Yep. You know, yep. isn't the Good New line. Zealand scene close? People yeah, close? it's very close. I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, there's a New Zealand wine writer, another guy who's a great guy who's an ex-TV uh, commentator there, John Hawksby. He calls it he calls us all a bunch of pirates down there. I mean, it was it's a very close-knit. I mean, we're all older with kids now, but like back in the day, I mean, it was a wild, you know, it, it probably Nick can allude to that is, too as well. It's, you know, it was a wild time, you know, and it. And uh, everybody, you know, very welcoming and, and, and got along. And we all seem to be the same sort of personalities and kindred spirits. And like I said, now we're all a little bit older now. But, but yeah, it was a very, yeah, and still that way. I mean, everybody willing to, to share ideas and, you know, and so are we. I mean, you know, people, you know, we, we, we were doing stuff, you know, people hadn't seen before and, you know, and, and we're willing to you know, show them and not a big deal, you know, not like, you know, you can't come in the winery and see this. <laughs> so, and uh, they were likewise. It's the same way. What about Germany? I mean, it's- uh, you know what's more? I uh, more closed. Uh, you know, it's more. It's more German. 
There's more BMWs on the streets. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. More Benzes, Several more yeah, Mercedes. That's just, yeah, yeah, it's a little more rigid. Yeah. Which, <laughs> you know, it is. I mean, it, it definitely is. Yeah. I'm not saying I don't, you know, that you couldn't walk into somewhere and try and ask them, you know, what to do, you know, but I, I don't know how well it would go over. I wouldn't like, I mean, you, we could go ask Nick anything and be like, yeah, what do you want? Yeah. What do you do if you see this or, you know, but that's a great thing about with, with Ted and Volta too. I mean, there's not much he hasn't seen anywhere, you know, with all his vintages or in places. So. And so what's next for you? Like Mars? Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> no colonizing more, other planets? No more vineyards. I can tell you that. No, no more vineyards. That's just, yeah. A friend of mine tried to get me to do one. And it was, I, it was, I would have loved to have done it in Barolo. Cause that's another, I love, I, that's, you know, yeah. Barolo Barbaresco to me. Yeah. Is the shit to me too, as well. I, you know, it's my, I tell people, they look at me like I'm crazy, you know, but like after, Second favorite grape out of Pinot Noir is Nebbiolo to me. So, yeah. I got to be honest, I put it the other way for me. Yeah, like so, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, so exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. Pinot's yeah. number two. But. Yeah, exactly. So it's the same. To me, they have a lot of the same characteristics, you know, and, but yes, yeah, no, I, I think that's parts done. You know, we've always, we've looked at different states. I mean, the, the great thing about having these books now is you have suppliers that say, hey, God, you know, you really need to look at, you know, Florida and you really, you know, which we did. We've looked at Florida. We've looked at Louisiana. We've looked at all these different states. Just nothing's ever clicked yet, you know. So I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, we don't have any. He said we haven't had any rhyme or reason with the markets we've done before that they've all just had a reason and lined up. So you know, we don't sit in that round and think I'm not thinking Wisconsin just because you know we're we're right across the you know the border, but. You're not sitting there with a giant globe and like a no, exactly, pen, like, yeah, all of this exactly. is mine, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think I was a. A friend of mine, at, uh, Aaron Meeker, that works for Vine Streets now, he, he, he called me uh, the global wine overlord. <laughs> well, it is kind of crazy, man. It's kind of like, I mean, the way you play it is like, oh, I woke up one day, and then they said I had a place in Germany. <laughs> well, that's kind of And then good. a couple weeks later, crazy. <laughs> that's kind of, yeah, you know what I mean? That, but let me, unfortunately, or fortunately or unfortunately, that's about all the thought that went into a couple of those things. It was like, well, really? <laughs> That was a long yeah. night of drinking. Yeah, it was. We What'd you get? Yeah. A black guy? Well, I got a vineyard in Germany. Exactly. <laughs> the one thing I must confess with either one of those is I didn't realize that how the, the travel, you know, you never, you're down, like, especially in Central Otago, down there excited about it, you know, for the first couple of times. And you realize, oh, shit, this is a long way. It's like away. 16 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, now, I, I mean, I'm, thank God for miles and stuff. Now, I mean, I'm too much for prima donna. Now they used to do a coach. So it's like, I'm not right. doing a coach, you know, back there. Was, you you know, probably have so many miles, they put you in the cockpit. That's exactly it. Probably <laughs> like, would. Ask, you know, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> first class isn't good enough. <laughs> you know, the Let's cockpit. put you up here. You mind just sitting <laughs> yeah. with these headphones on? <laughs> they let Ted do that. <laughs> but they also have like uh, planes in New Zealand just to get around, right? Like it's oh, kind of yeah. like a it's, bus service. It's the largest. Hel- it's the largest. I think how's that go? It's the largest. Uh, they have the most helicopters per capita in the world. Yeah, there's. I mean, the helicopters of them are like. I don't even think about it. I mean, they fight frost with helicopters. Even I mean, we we fight it with water, but they'll bring in a, a helicopter if, the, if if it looks like it's going to be a frost to try to you know to to move the air. And you know, I I don't know how that ever really gets paid for with the, I mean, I think it's like 3,500 bucks an hour. And then you have them on standby just in case. Yeah. It adds up. That always seems like dangerous to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, 
You well, know, like in MASH, when the chopper yeah, exactly, comes down, exactly. everyone has to duck, and if they don't exactly. duck, they get knocked over it's, it's, and maybe chop their head off it's and exactly, stuff. That's exactly know? right. I don't, I, I don't disagree with I you. I mean, you know, without the Viet Cong, yeah. but still, you know, it just <laughs> seems dangerous. Still, Low-flying yeah, you know, helicopter, I, you know. And a lot of times, some of those vineyards and the big ones, there's, you know, five or six of them out there doing the same thing. It's, yeah, it's like... Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't. Yeah, I don't think it does. Probably make sense. And you know, a lot of times, but you know, it's better, I guess, than losing your crop. It's probably sure fun for somebody too. Yeah, but those, hey, those, take those, the chopper. Around. I think those helicopter pilots too are a little. You know, <laughs> sometimes I just couple those. We walk in and you're like, am I doing the right thing here? <laughs> I got three tattoos of skulls, but this guy's got eight. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I remember. Uh, oh, you know, it was Raj. It was Raj, uh, Raj Parman. He was down yeah, because he yeah. went down there. Yeah, he went down there recently. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually visited Burn Cottage too. But then he had, he had the next morning. He had a helicopter flight, and I think we had gotten a little too crazy too. And he was like nervous about the whole flight anyway. And <laughs> I think it went okay though. So, but well, I've still seen him walking yeah, around. Still, and stuff. still around, and like, yeah. all the fingers are still there. Yeah, so. I've seen him for a while, but yeah. <laughs> but, but what about distribution? I mean, if you said some things look like they might not work, some things you know you didn't follow up yeah. on that opportunity. I mean, yeah. what does it look like when it does? When it is going to work, and what does it look it, like when it's not going to work? What are those? Uh, what are those scenarios? Uh, you know what? I think if any of us knew that, we'd all you know be wealthy beyond our you know than we could ever dream of. I did the biggest thing you got to do is, and it was a hard one to do a lot of times. Sometimes you got to remove your personal preference out of it, you know, because like I said, I mean, it costs the same to deliver 10 cases and it does to deliver one. And sometimes, you know, you need to fill the truck. So it may not be a wine that is in your vein or your style, but you know, it, it's, you know, it's solid. It nothing, you know, nothing's wrong with it and it sells well. And I'd say, I mean, you've got to, got to have sales. I mean, it's not like yeah. you're selling poison or something. No, exactly. You're, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, just maybe exactly. selling something that you don't necessarily prefer as a palate to drink. And I mean, that's, you know, that's, I mean, I think that's every dish. I don't know if anybody would ever admit that, but that's to me, it's every distributorship does. I mean, you have to. So, I mean, sometimes you just, you know, you know, if you're, if somebody, if a brand is moving over and you see numbers, you know, you can kind of look and say, well, this is, they're not doing very well there. How are we going to do better? Or you look and say, well, they're not calling on, you know, these accounts and blah, 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 blah. Each scenario is different. But sometimes, yeah, you really don't. You just kind of, I mean, we take a lot of stuff just because we taste it and go like, holy shit, that's good. And then it's like, wow, you know. I mean, there's a, there's a great New Zealand wine and it just didn't work here for whatever reason. Uh, Pyramid Valley, I don't know if you know those wines. And Mike Fershing, who's an American kid, doing great stuff. And I mean, I mean, literally some, along with Literize, some of the best New World Chardonnay I've tasted anywhere. And it just did not work here. You know, and they, and, they, and they were. I remember we tasted them. I had had them before, and then tasted them with the team out there, and everybody's like, "Geez, this is stunning!" And it, you know, just didn't work. So who knows? You know, I mean, but again, you know, expensive New Zealand Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. That you know, a lot of people didn't didn't get it. Are there also limits to like you know, say you have twenty successful brands from a a general region, you know? Can you invest in 40 or yeah. do you need to kind of keep it to 20 if it's, you know, I mean, even if you find another 10 that you really like, are you supposed to bring those that's out too? Or? Good. It's a, always, a, you know, I kind of joke, you know, we're all, we're basically jugglers. We've always got some brand in the air, you know, somebody, you know, cause there's only, yeah, there's only so much you can do and there's only so much you can sell. And that's a, that's a tough question. Do you take on, I mean, we've had that, you know, we, I, the biggest one I remember and we, we did it, it was with classic, you know, we have wine bow there and it was like, well, you know, Dalterra wanted to move. It was like, do we take Dalterra with the wine bow? And we, you know, we did. 
and it's it's worked out great but it was really boy i hope this you know works and you know we're able to but there's a number of both uh, and there's a number of italian restaurants in aspen yeah exactly yeah and we were yeah but see yeah you just it's a hard one to to crack do you you where do you cap it i mean do you do you you have i don't even know how many napa cabs we have now but yeah do you take 20 do you take 40 do you take 100 i don't know i mean just kind of you know (laughs) it's rolling the dice sometimes and it seems like some markets have moved fairly slowly in evolution of taste, and yeah, some markets they, it's like, exactly wow, right. six months are over, that's new exact, thing. That's exactly right. Do you ever feel like, well, exactly I don't know, right. I don't want to get held, I don't want to hold the bag. No. When, I, you know what I mean? Like when, I don't yeah. want to like, by the time I set up a portfolio, yeah. something new could be hip. And absolutely. Then I, I mean, absolutely. You know. I mean, it's the, the natural wine thing, which I think is still going. I mean, but yeah, do you, you know, somebody, do you want to have a, a, you know, a thousand natural wines when the, when the, you know shit hits the fan i I don't you know probably not you know so is that a pertanomyces joke yeah (laughs) yeah or worse (laughs) i'm not bashing natural wine i shouldn't do that some of them i don't understand i must confess you know some of them but you know people say that to me like every day yeah but i gotta be honest some some commercial wines i don't understand oh without a doubt you without a doubt without a doubt but i think there's some natural wines that there's there's some there's a fault going on and that's then it's like oh it's a natural wine like no, that's you should have corrected the pH on that. That's what you should have done, you know. So, but yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of like, yeah, yeah, commercial wines, which definitely I don't understand either. So, yeah, and it's a good question. I, I'm sorry, I don't have to answer that one either. I mean, how do you spot the next big trend? Missed the spirits one, I can tell you that. Like I said, earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's a fad. <laughs> All these mixologists. Yeah. Sorry, Alex Trebek. I yeah, missed that category. Exactly. Yeah. But that's, you know, I don't know. That's the world. Yeah, that is the world. That is the world. Marcus Savage, he's done well in this world. Maybe he'll okay. create a vineyard in the next one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being here today. Good to be here, man. Marcus Thanks. Savage of Classic Wines in Colorado, Maverick in Chicago, Vin Savage in Las Vegas, and Pioneer in Texas. That's right. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. All Drink to That is hosted and produced by myself, Levy Dalton. Aaron Scala has contributed original pieces. Editorial assistance has been provided by Bill Kimsey. The show music was performed and composed by Rob Moose and Thomas Bartlett. Show artwork by Alicia Tenoyan. T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, and so much more, including show stickers, notebooks, and even gift wrap are available for sale if you check the show website all drink to that pod.com. That's I L L drink to that P O D.com, which is the same place you'd go to sign up for our email list or to make one of the crucially important donations that help keep this show operating. You can donate from anywhere using PayPal or Stripe on the show website. Remember to hit subscribe or to follow this show in your favorite podcast app, please. That's super important to see every episode. And thank you for listening.